Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. Well, welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. We welcome back uh, Commissioner of Insurance Mike Causey as our guest this week. Uh, he is just beginning his second term as the insurance commissioner of the state. Uh, he uh, graduated from High Point University, BS in business administration, and is, of course, as I said, just was reelected to his second term. As you campaigned across the state, uh, I, I suspect this gives you a really good chance to hear what people are really thinking and what their needs really are. So campaigning is probably a, a good source for research for you. It is, and I've spent uh, decades traveling this state, Don, meeting people, listening to people, and there's not a week that goes by that I don't get a phone call from somebody that wants our help at the department, uh, sometimes with an insurance issue, sometimes it may be bail bonds or criminal or what have you, but we're here to help, and that's my message, and so no question is too small we you know we may not be able to answer it but we, we'll do our best and we know where to look it up we uh we talked a lot about auto insurance and uh, the possibility of fraud there another area where you have a lot of fraud and another concern for most of the people who are listening is the matter of homeowners insurance or in in some cases renters insurance um what's what's new in that area what's uh, concerning you and what's at the top of your list right now well, some people may not realize that insurance rates are not set by the insurance commission. In North Carolina, we have a separate agency. It's called the North Carolina Rate Bureau that was set up by the General Assembly. So if anyone has a concern with our rate-making process, they need to speak to their state senator or state representative. We, they have insurance committees in the House and the Senate, but the rate bureau represents the insurance industry. So they look at their financials monthly and then uh, every year or sometimes more often, if they feel that uh, the claims are exceeding the revenue, they will petition the Department of Insurance. They'll say, we're requesting a rate increase. It's a very lengthy process and you're not talking about five or 10 pages, Don. You're talking to sometimes two or 3,000 pages of details that takes months to go through. And as you read in the paper, the Rate Bureau has sent a request to raise homeowners' rates somewhere in the neighborhood of 25%. I mean, that's just ludicrous to but. You know, we have to look at it. We have to get our actuaries and our experts to look at it and see both sides. Now, since I've been commissioner, you know, I only have two choices, and that's I can say yes or no. There's there's no in-between. So every rate request, every rate hike request that's ever become before me, I've said no. Now, the next step, is we have to schedule a court date, a hearing date, which is usually nine months to a year in the future. So the hearing for this latest uh, rate hike request is January of 2022. So what can happen between now and next year is the 
the rate bureau, the insurance industry could come back to me or my attorneys and say, could we discuss this? And in the past, we have done that, and we've negotiated settlements that have been very favorable to the consumer. But we do have to look at it and see if any part of that request is justified. And because of my role, I'm, I'm like a judge. I can't really comment on what I may do or uh, this looks good or this looks bad. I just have to be impartial. And, and again, yes or no is all I can say when it first comes to me. And that's, you know, that's what we've done up to this point. I've said no. But we do listen. Well, you know, we, as you we pointed have, out with all of the insurance, uh, homes are getting more expensive. Uh, uh, claims are going to continue to rise as far as the uh, per claim amount and so forth. And so insurance companies have to remain solvent. And of course, the very best thing that the consumer has is when there's a competitive market. And that it's important for you to keep uh, a number of people writing insurance in North Carolina. Well, it is. And the other thing we do uh, that I didn't mention is we hold public hearings. So uh, we urge the public to call us, email us. And the last uh, homeowner's rate hike request that we received, we opened it up to the public. And I received over 10,000 emails from across the state. And guess what? Not a single consumer said, raise my rates. They all said, no, we don't <laughs> want to see that. So, 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 uh, I hear I hear the consumer loud and clear, and we do everything we can to keep rates affordable. And on the positive side, we have the lowest homeowners rates in the southeastern United States. So compared to our neighboring states and other states around the nation, uh, we're in much better shape than other states. That don't mean we we still need to keep working at it. We we're never going to have the lowest because of our coastline. Uh, and there are, we've had, we've been hit hard with these disasters. We've had back-to-back -back hurricanes, tornadoes, and all of that really puts a lot of strain on the finances of these insurance companies that are paying out the claims. Well, we asked you this when we were talking about auto insurance, what are some tips that you would give homeowners and people who are seeking homeowners and renters insurance and things of this uh, in this ballpark of uh, concerns. What are some of the things the that you hear come up more often than not as far as complaints? Well, if, after every storm, we have contractors just covering the, the area and many of these contractors come in from out of state. They're not licensed. So people have to be very skeptical uh, after they have storm damage of somebody pulling up in their driveway and say, guess what? I have some extra materials. I can fix your roof if, you know, for one-fourth of what we normally charge. Can we do it? And you need to check references, check with the Better Business Bureau, make sure they're licensed, uh, you know, call our office to see uh, you know, if we've had any complaints on that particular contractor. But uh, when somebody has a claim, the first thing they need to do is call their insurance agent and report it. Uh, you, know, you need to have that coverage unless you want to, you know, if you have to have it if you have a mortgage, if your home's paid for, 
that's up to you. But how many people want to take the risk 100% on their self? That if something happens, they got to pay for everything. Uh, documenting your property is a big thing. You want to have a itemized listing of everything you own in every room. Take pictures or take take your camp cell phone, do videos. But when you have a loss, you've got to prove you know, what you had and the condition. And uh, it's better to do this before you have a disaster or a claim uh, than try to go back and piece it up afterwards. So there, there's all kinds of suggestions. The main suggestions, talk to your local insurance agent and get the advice. You want to make sure you have the proper coverage. You, you don't want to be overinsured, but you certainly don't want to be underinsured. Well, and some people have special collections or special hobbies uh, uh, that uh, in many cases are not covered by the, the overall policy. You have to list them. Uh, what are some of the you areas have, that you would urge? For example, if someone has an unusual amount of jewelry, uh, they probably talk need to their talk, right. You talk to the insurance agent and tell them what you have, and get that special rider. Um, you know, we've had people. We've had a couple of earthquakes, and people said, "Well, what do we need to get earthquake insurance?" You can add earthquake insurance riders to your policies. Um, we had a lot of flood claims that were denied because homeowners policies do not pay for flood damage. And we've worked hard for the last two years since uh, more than two years since hurricane Florence with the rate bureau and the insurance industry. And we have finally gotten approved in North Carolina, private flood insurance policies. So companies are beginning to come forward to offer private flood insurance policies but uh, if it rains where you live, you need flood insurance. I mean, that's just the facts of life these days. You can get it through FEMA, the Federal Flood Insurance Program. And uh, it's not as expensive as, as people may think, unless you are truly in a low-lying flood zone. But you can talk to your insurance agent about adding a flood insurance rider uh, to your homeowner's policy or an earthquake rider, or any of those things, and especially if you have uh, things like antique vehicles, art collections, uh, gun collections, and you want those covered, you have to have it listed as, as a special rider. And again, talking to that insurance agent locally is the best way to do that. Uh, and uh, as you said, uh, the best advice is going to come when you're in person. I, I guess a, a, a good question for a person to, uh, to ask the insurance agent when they're talking to them is, tell me what's not covered. What I bought some insurance. Tell me what's not covered right now. Yeah, that's, well, that's a good question. And you, that's the question to ask to, to your agent. And as I said, if you have a homeowner's policy, and some people don't realize what's covered and what's not covered. But if if your property is destroyed or damaged by flood waters, you have no coverage. So you have to have a flood insurance policy uh, to get that. It it will only cover up to the limits in the policy. So if somebody's house is worth four hundred thousand dollars and they have a Two hundred fifty thousand dollar limit on that 
that coverage, uh, that that's the limit. So, uh, oh, one tip that I think that is very valuable is to have replacement coverage, whether it's automobile insurance or homeowners. That replacement coverage will make all the difference in the world when you have a claim. And if you have that replacement coverage, for example, on an automobile, and your car's two years old and it's a total loss, you'll get a check to go get a brand new vehicle as opposed to wondering how you're going to replace the the used car that you had. And the same thing with homeowners. You have a piece of furniture you bought years ago with something called appreciation. It might A table may only be worth $5 today. Uh, if you file that claim, but if you have replacement coverage and the new table is $500, then that's what, what they'll pay for. So it is very well worth, worth the little premium, uh, in my opinion. And I would encourage people to talk to their insurance agents about replacement coverage. So that's not uh, replacement coverage is in addition to your regular policy. Uh, in other words, if you don't ask for replacement coverage, then you you basically have the depreciated value coverage. Is that correct? That that's correct. In in most cases, unless it's all, unless that's something the agent had put in there, and uh, is it, these are they seem like little things, but they're big things when you have that claim. The uh, the other uh, issue for automobile repairs that original equipment parts you know people somebody may have a brand new vehicle and they have an accident and a fender's replaced radiators replaced or whatever well unless that policy specifies that the repair shop will use original equipment parts you may get an imitation part uh, made in china made in taiwan wherever that's uh nothing like you had so those are all issues that people really never think about until they have that accident and file that claim all those are great tips all those are certainly great tips we've got one more segment with uh, commissioner of insurance mike causey and we'll do that when we return with the uh, final segment of carolina newsmakers so you stay tuned I spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me, your handy chains dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. When you went car shopping, you meant business. 
You ace vehicle history searches and test drives. You out salesmen to the salesman. Now you've got your wheels. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. With 401k tips and smart saving strategies, you'll have the info you need to get more for your future. Go to aceyourretirement.org because when it comes to speeding past financial challenges, you're an ace. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. Our guest this week, his frequent guest is on our program. He's been with us, and we love, love to have Insurance Commissioner Mike Calzey on because almost everyone who listens to our program is affected by insurance, either automobile insurance, homeowners insurance, or all the other types of insurance. And also, the Insurance Commissioner serves as the fire marshal of the state of North Carolina, and... Uh, that's uh, certainly an important part of your job. And we, we basically have two different fire systems. We have uh, paid fi uh, firefighters, uh, as uh, earlier, I think I said first offenders, I meant first responders, uh, they are in that role. And uh, the, but then we have volunteer fire, fire departments and uh, that's certainly a, an important role. So talk a little bit about how we get our fire protection and how you work with uh, both the paid uh, and professional fire departments and the uh, volunteer fire departments. Well, well, thank you, Don. And I certainly appreciate you and your support for our first responders and uh, firefighters and law enforcement. And many people may not realize the majority of the firefighters in North Carolina and across the nation are volunteers. And it's for a long time, it held steady around 70% in North Carolina of volunteers. Uh, that number comes down a little bit each year because there are fewer and fewer volunteers. We see some volunteer departments having to hire paid staff uh, and, and so forth. But you have your, your career firefighters that work for the cities and municipalities and Many of our rural counties depend uh, totally or mostly on those volunteers. And, you know, they're making sacrifices every day. And I just can't thank our volunteers enough. I thank all of our first responders. But they depend on uh, grants from the state. We have a firefighters fund where we give out uh, grants, the maximum amount of that grants $30,000 per fire department they apply. And we do inspections, the safety, the rating inspections uh, for fire departments. And good news to the consumer is in the past four years, uh, during my term as commissioner, we have upgraded more than 500 fire departments in this state to a higher standard which means in many cases, the homeowners get reduced homeowners insurance rate. And some people may not realize it, but the, your local fire department and the ISO, the, the class rating that they have, and that's a number from 10 to one, one being the pinnacle, the very best and the highest, the number that your local fire department has, has a direct bearing on what you pay for, for homeowners in that fire district. So, for example, if somebody's in a rural district and an unclassified fire department's rated a, a 9 or a 10, and that fire department, through 
different things. There's a checklist. They, they get uh, better equipment, better response times, better sources of water, water supply, and so forth. And they move up to a, a class four or class five. The, in most cases, those homeowners, and particularly the business owners, see a decrease. Their, their insurance rates go down. So that is a big deal. And when it comes to the class one, when I took office in uh, January of 2017, we had a handful of class one fire departments, the big Charlotte, Greensboro, Raleigh, the big city fire departments. And today we have 16 class one fire departments, towns like uh, Rocky Mount, Hickory, Wilson, uh, that that are smaller towns that are actually in the same category as our big city. So that is a really big deal for economic development, for recruiting a business and industry and helping the citizens in those areas. And we, you know, we continue to do what we can to help the fire service. And we, we listen to their needs and concerns. And we're working now with the legislature to improve the grant money that goes out to these fire departments and and I just applaud and thank them for their service and sacrifice. In addition to fire uh, protection, in many cases, especially in cities, uh, the fire firemen is one of the first ones to respond to a health emergency. They they are the first responders. Uh, they actually do more health calls now than fire calls and. We, uh, I'll tell this little story. I was down in Rowan County in the Granite Quarry, and that fire department in that small town went to a class one. It is just amazing that the level of ex- expertise in that fire department. And we were making this presentation before the mayor and the town council, the board of aldermen, and at the end, the elected officials were standing up to give remarks. One county commissioner stood up. He choked up, was in tears, and said, had it not been for the fire department, I wouldn't be standing here tonight. So he had a heart attack in sitting in his chair, and the fire department response was so quick, they saved his life. And, and that's the type of response they have. And so... You know, if you have an accident out there, they're the first ones on the scene. And so, uh, you know, we could go on and on about that, but we all know we couldn't make it without our first responders and particularly our firefighters. Uh, another area that you supervise that goes in hand in hand with fire protection is the matter of building inspecting, inspections because when a building is built or a home is built, if it's built to the proper standards, the opportunity for fire or other problems are lessened considerably. Uh, so uh, uh, I, I guess a lot of people don't understand that that also is under your uh, supervision. It is. We're the chief building inspector for the state. We work with all the 222 building inspection jurisdictions around the state. We work closely with the local jurisdictions, help in any way we can. Uh, as I said, we license electrical contractors and plumbing contractors and building inspectors. But we're working now 
we have state inspectors and we're increasing those to help and we're over engineering codes but it's important that we have timely inspections uh, in the last couple of years we've worked on legislation to get these inspections done within two business days and that's been a big help to the builders and the consumers and the commercial construction industry uh, we ask people with any concerns or questions or comments on building inspections to let us know. We're also in charge of risk management for all state-owned property. So the state has about 14,000 buildings, Don, that we have to look at and make sure they're properly insured. And as insurance commissioner, I'm in charge of life, uh, life and health safety issues in each one of those buildings. So uh, one, one thing that uh, people may not realize that you know, the state has a process when they, when they build a building in state construction, they don't have the inspection requirements that you or I have as homeowners. So, uh, you know, we have to work with that process closely to make sure all state buildings are constructed uh, safely. You know, the list of things that uh, you're uh, in charge of is is really extensive, and I, I'm sure that uh, uh, most people don't have uh, the full understanding of everything that really happens in the insurance commissioner's office, and that's one reason I'm glad that we have this opportunity to talk about these different areas. Well, the General Assembly is is uh, is uh, in action. Uh, you, uh, I'm sure, have some legislation that you are interested in this year. What what legislation uh, is going to come before our General Assembly members this year that will affect either homeowners or auto insurance or, uh, or the building inspections or the fire departments? Well, the, uh, Don, there's always legislation. There's always some type of legislation that affects something with the, within the Department of Insurance. And we haven't even touched on collection agencies and bail bondsmen uh, that we regulate so we have uh, legislation, there's pending legislation to further modernize our insurance system, uh, to make it uh, work smoother and better, more consumer friendly. Uh, we have some fraud legislation to further strengthen our fraud investigation units. Uh, we have uh, one for the fire departments is a cancer bill. We want to make sure that any firefighter that gets cancer in the in that is treated as a, a if they if they die it's a line of duty death and so we're working as a priority item for that legislation to have that cancer recognized uh, as some of the other states have already done and there's just a there's a list too long for me to go over today but we, we have a lot of insurance financial regulations that we have to update. And, uh, you know, we like, we depend on the consumers and we, we get a lot of feedback from constituents. So sometimes people will point out something to us in the general statute and, and not all, but most of our insurance regulation is under chapter 58 of the general statutes. And so sometimes you'll find a statute that may have been passed into law 30, 40 years ago, and 
some of that is outdated and we need to update it. So that comes under what is referred to as technical changes. But I, I have a really good working relationship with our legislators. We have some great state senators and state representatives. Uh, we have, I think we have the best insurance committee that we've ever had, uh, primarily because we've never had this many actual insurance agents or insurance agency owners that are on that. That's primarily what makes up the committees in, in the both the House and Senate. And you go back 20 or 30 years, and it's mostly attorneys. Nothing against attorneys, Don, but I mean, I think it's just better to have the subject matter experts uh, that are working on this le type legislation. Well, that's, uh, that's always been a criticism that I've had in the broadcasting business. Uh, the FCC fairly uh, regularly uh, ignores asking the broadcasters what would they change if they had the opportunity to do it. So I right. think it's good that you've got some professionals on. Uh, you know, you always have to understand that some people do have self-interest, and that's okay. You you know where they're coming from, and that's okay. Well, Commissioner Causey, thank you so much for being with us, Insurance Commissioner of the State of North Carolina, and answering these questions. Uh, for more information about the Department of Insurance, you can go to ncdoi.gov, ncdoi.gov. The program has been produced by Jason Cog, and he'll have another interesting guest for us next week. I think we have a congressman on our show next week. So we'll see you next week right here on the same group of stations on Carolina Newsmakers. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time for Carolina Newsmakers.